Welcome back to the big program. Text line one 1440 Coming in from J-Dog. Eddie Steele is legit good radio. The former CFLer brings it. Uh, that comes from J-Dog. Nice segment, fellas. Man, is it a busy weekend in football. Uh, we had the NFL last night to kick things off. Thursday night football, 34-28 Eagles over the Minnesota Vikings. Full slate, of obviously, on Sunday. Uh, Saskatchewan and the Elks tonight in Regina. Massive game for Elks fans. Tonight, Alberta Golden Bears in Saskatchewan to take on the Huskies. And then also tomorrow night, a massive game in college football in the United States. And uh, that's why we are bringing in Brian Howell from the Buff Zone and Boulder Daily Camera to the show. Brian, welcome to Sports 1440. How are things going down in Colorado? Well, they're going pretty well right now. You know, Deion Sanders has this team rolling for the first two weeks. He, sh- he sure does. And, you know, not only is it the talk of college football, it's probably the talk of all football, including NFL, in the United States. Can you kind of explain to our viewers and listeners why? Yeah, you know, it, it's because Deion Sanders is such a, um, you know, a, a brash personality. You know, he's a confident guy. Um, he's been in the spotlight, you know, going back to his 20s when he was mm-hmm. in Florida State in the late 1980s. And he's just, you know, he's this, you know, magnet of a, of a personality. And he's done some things, you know, with the coaching world that you know, haven't been seen. I mean, he's, you know, clearly a, a winner, but the way he's gone about it with transforming the roster and the way he just kind of publicly says a lot of things the coaches don't say um, has drawn some attention to him. And it's been an interesting thing, thing to watch in a lot of ways. If you'd like to uh, talk a little NCAA college football in the States, uh, you can shoot us off a text at 1-833-401-1440. We've got Brian Howell from Buff Zone and Boulder City Camera, uh, Boulder Daily Camera, pardon me, to uh, talk about it. Uh, So it's the Rocky Mountain Showdown. It's tomorrow night. Colorado, CSU. CSU coach Jay Norvell sort of kind of fired a a shot at primetime. Can you uh, expand on that for our listeners? Yeah, it was kind of interesting because he earlier in the week said that uh, you know Deion Sanders has a lot of public critics, but I'm not going to be one of them. And then two days later, he was one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, Deion Sanders. Uh, you know, if anybody watches his press conferences, he often you know wears the sunglasses and hat. Um, you know, like a lot of people do, but he'll, he'll wear them inside the press conferences and things like that. Jay Norvell took a shot at him and just saying, "Hey, I, when I talk to grown-ups, I take my hat and sunglasses <laughs> off. That's what my mother taught me." And so. You know, Deion Sanders saw that, the team saw it, and uh, they've taken that as a personal flight as they get ready for this game. So two wins this season so far for Colorado over TCU, uh, national champion runner-up, runners-up last year, and then Nebraska um, last weekend. Um, how well is this football team playing? They're playing very well, at least on offense. And defense, we're not sure yet. Uh, they gave up a lot of points and yards in week one. A much better game against Nebraska, although Nebraska kind of uh, shot itself in the foot uh, with some uh, snap issues a lot of, throughout the game. But um, offensively, they're rolling. I mean, Shadur mm-hmm. Sanders, uh, Deion Sun, uh, is leading the country in passing yards per game, um, 450 yards per game through the air. And he's one of the top Heisman candidates right now. So offensively, they are rolling, but defensively, uh, we're not sure yet. Um, kind of a rough first game, much better second game. Got to see a little bit more sample size with that defense. Can you describe um, how much hype there is around um, the whole program? And and can you maybe compare it to, uh, I mean, obviously we know so much about the Denver Broncos here, but 
can you compare it state-wise, like the hype, uh, the energy, what, how much people are talking about, and have that comparison between the two? Yeah, you know, it, it's hard to really explain it. And as we're talking, I'm sitting here watching ESPN, and they're uh, they're live from Boulder right now. And, you know, <laughs> a lot of their shows are live from Boulder. You got uh, the, the national college shows, Big Noon kickoff, and uh, ESPN Game Day will be in Boulder tomorrow. So uh, we haven't seen anything like this, and uh, it, it's. Probably similar to you know when the Broncos have been in Super Bowls or you know when the Rockies had uh, you know when they were in the World Series in 2007, but it might even be bigger than than some of that stuff because it's just taken over uh, the entire state and you know really the whole country is talking about it. Buff Zones, Brian Howells, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. So you've been covering this team for many years. What's it like as a reporter covering all of this hype and? circumstance uh, in the last several weeks yeah i've got to fight for a seat at press conferences now <laughs> i didn't have to do that before and you know there wasn't a whole lot of uh, even denver media coming up a lot of times to cover this team but now all the denver media is up there and, and national media as well so um, it, it's very different you know covering Deion sanders is very different because um he is you know he's a, he's a very good coach but he's also a celebrity and so you know it's very different covering it from that aspect so um, yeah, it's been a change this year. My life has changed quite a bit in 2023. Yeah, I mean, he knows how to work at primetime. I mean, he's been there. He, he knows exactly how to handle things, and he knows how to get people going and how to maybe um, have that surge of emotion, excitement. Uh, how's it been, like, just kind of interviewing him and working with him? Yeah, you know, it's been different in that you know, we haven't gotten a lot of chances to really meet with him you know uh, haven't had really any one-on-ones with him mm-hmm. it's all press conferences and he talks less than than most coaches and uh you know a lot of coaches you know through preseason camp would talk uh, some would talk uh, you know around the country we'll talk after every practice um we used to at least talk to the head coach uh three probably three four times a week whereas we talked to Dion three times the entire month of august so i'm um, a little bit different in that regard and that you know we talk to more assistants than we do uh with him and so but when he talks, everybody listens, and that's when all the media shows up. Brian Howell from Buff Zone is our guest on Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Uh, you touched on it off the top about um, the roster overhaul with this team. Did it sit well with everyone? No, not at all. Um, you know, he, That's probably the biggest thing he's taking criticism for is that roster overhaul. And uh, certainly people that got to know some of those players um, had a tough time with it, and those players did too. You know, when when you're told that uh, you're not wanted, uh, there were a lot of players that decided to stay and wanted to be with this this program, and they stayed here for the spring. And then as soon as the spring game was over, uh, they were basically told, "Hey, we're going to bring in other people. You know, you're not going to play here." And so that's tough to hear. Uh, but at the same time, you know, as as Dion has said, when you got when you take over a struggling business, you, you make some changes. You know, you make wholesale changes, and that's what he's done. And um, it certainly paid off the first couple of weeks. So can you put your finger on not just the, the roster changes, but how is it just the persona of him, how he has made Colorado football the, the talk of not only college football, but just any football in the U.S.? Yeah, it's mainly his um, his persona and, and just the way he's gone about it. And um, he's, he's attracted to so many people um, because of that. But the big, But part of that is that he's attracted to recruits and talent. And they've come to Boulder, and they've built a, a very good football team here in the first uh, couple of weeks. And his son, obviously, 
um, is the quarterback and uh, one of the top quarterbacks in the country right now. Uh, Travis Hunter was the number one recruit in the entire country in 2022, and uh, he's with Deion Sanders as well. So um, because of who he is and what he's done, he attracts talent, which makes them a very entertaining football team. So they've kind of shot up the rankings here. Uh, 18, that's correct? Yes. Um, how does this match up with Colorado, Colorado State pardon me, University uh, shape up tomorrow night? Yeah, it should be, at least on paper, it should be a, a fairly easy one for Colorado. Colorado State um, has only played once. Uh, they got blown out by Washington State at home. Uh, really struggled uh, you know, on both sides of the ball in that game. And I, I expect Colorado to roll through this one, but it is a rivalry game, and so you never know with those things. How big is the rivalry? Can you kind of explain to our, our listeners what that's all about? Yeah, it's actually not as big as the Nebraska rivalry. Okay. Nebraska, who they played last Saturday, is a bigger rival for Colorado. And, you know, it's obviously state bragging rights uh, in the state of Colorado. Uh, for a, a lot of reasons, it's a bigger deal than Colorado State because uh, they're the team that's kind of in the lesser conference. You know, and they're CU fans like to call them little brother. Uh, it's kind of a bigger deal to Colorado State than Colorado. Uh, Colorado fans don't really like playing this game. It's more of a nuisance. They just want to get through it. Uh, but, you know, that that's kind of how they view it. But they love to beat the Rams. So uh, yeah. there is that animosity on both sides. I love that word, just a nuisance. It's just kind of like the, you know, the little brother you want to just punch down and get him out of here. Yeah, that's, that's basically what it is. I mean, CU fans love calling CSU little brother. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Brian Howell from Buff Zones, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on um, Sports 1440. When you were talking about the defense right now uh, with Colorado, would, is it safe to say right now that the offense is um, scoring and outscoring to make the defensive miscues not as noticeable? Yeah, certainly against TCU that was the case, and you know they gave up you know over 500 yards to TCU, uh, but that offense for CU just kept rolling and rolling and rolling, and uh, the second half of that game. You know, TCU went on a little bit of a run, scored a couple straight touchdowns to take the lead, but every single time, Colorado would come back and score. Whereas last week, it was the offense sputtered a little bit early, and it was the defense um, taking advantage of some Nebraska miscues, setting up the offense for the first couple of points, and then the offense kind of took over from there. So uh, defense had more of a hand in that victory last week than week one. But uh, if they can get them, if if we can get this team to play complimentary football, I know Coach Sanders knows they can uh, you know, do a lot of good things this year. And the fans are coming out in droves, sellouts, all of them so far, right? Coming up even into yeah. November, correct? Yeah, so there's six home games this year. Five have been sold out. Uh, the, the last one is very close to a sellout. Uh, they announced the fifth one yesterday, which matches a school record. Hmm. They've never sold out the entire season at Folsom Field, which is this is the 100th year of Folsom Field. They've never sold out the entire season, but they're only you know a couple thousand tickets away from doing that. So that's probably going to happen at some point. What's capacity there? A little over fifty thousand. Yeah, fifty thousand one eighty three. I think the number is. But I was I always love those numbers because <laughs> they say capacity, which should be the most you can get in there. Whereas last week they had fifty three thousand in there somehow. So um, yeah, I, I don't know how they measure capacity and how they get those extra 3,000 people in there, but they did it. So, yeah, where are they putting these other 3,000 fans? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm not sure uh, where they're putting them. And, uh, you know, there's certainly a lot of people on the sidelines these days uh, with with Deion Sanders here. So 
Uh, maybe some were in the sidelines. Maybe some were standing mm-hmm. outside the stadium and just uh, get an obstructed view. But uh, somehow they got an extra 3000 in here. So for you, covering this game tomorrow night, uh, I would imagine for the you know 15 years or how, how long have you been covering the team? 15 years? This will be this is my fourteenth fourteenth season. So I mean, I mean last year again one win. So I mean, did you have the press box to yourself last year? And what's it like now? Well, at home there was certainly other people there, but actually the last road game of last year they went to Washington, second to last game of the year they lost. I don't know, fifty two to seven or something like that. And uh, the post game press conference was literally me and the head coach <laughs> and one player. So. I was the only person in Colorado's post-game press conference, their last road game of last year. And, uh, you know, down at TCU, there was 20-some people that uh, flew mm-hmm. out from Colorado to cover that game. So quite a bit of difference. What was that TCU game like again? It just seemed like um, last possession would win. Yeah, it was it was really entertaining football game. And, you know, both teams back and forth. And, you know, both teams have a lot of, uh, you know, good weapons on offense. And, you know, Colorado... They took the first shots, but like I said, you know, earlier TCU came back, took the lead, and then it was just kind of back and forth. I think the lead changed hands four or five times in mm-hmm. the last 18 minutes, and uh, you know, Colorado takes the lead, and then TCU had a shot there at the end, and Colorado's defense actually came up with a stop, which was rare for them on that day, but uh, came up with a fourth down stop, and, and uh, that sealed the game. So, um, mainly an offensive shootout until that last stop for Colorado. Uh, well, everyone's talking Buffalo's football, even up here. Uh, Brian Howell, thanks for this. Uh, appreciate your time. Enjoy the game tomorrow. I mean, uh, uh, this is just, it's so exciting when you're covering a team that everyone's talking about. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. And, you know, it's it's definitely can be overwhelming at times because you you're looking at all these different places that have people talking about Colorado. You want to make sure you don't miss anything. But, <laughs> you know, you got to just kind of focus on, on the job you have. And so uh, it's very different, but uh, a lot of fun. All right. Enjoy the game tomorrow night. Thank you. All right, that's Brian Howell from Buff Zone and Boulder Daily Camera. Uh, Duke, I mean, you you texted me last night. Hey, we got this guy from Colorado coming on, and as soon as he sent it, I was like, I mean, that's everyone's talking about it up here. Yeah, like the fact that TSN here in Canada is picking up that broadcast for a game of, like you said, a, a calendar year ago, nobody would have even no. been sniffing uh, this this matchup. Uh, regardless, like you said CSU never necessarily a powerhouse program, but what Deion Sanders has done down in uh, in Boulder is like it's uh, it's mind boggling how you can in such a short period of time can completely change change a narrative and change a team. Uh, so I, it's a ten o'clock Eastern kickoff, so it's eight o'clock here. So I mean. For, again, as you say, for TSN to pick that up, for them to go, you know, people are talking about this. And, and I mean, prime time, everyone wants to, you know, they want to see what he's going to do. They want to see his son. They want to see um, the direction that the program's going, which is mm-hmm. phenomenal. If they're ranked 18th right now, where they were unranked to start. So it's a neat story. Very, very, very much so. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be camped out watching it uh, tomorrow night for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. And again, a late game, you can kind of kick back at the end of the day, maybe have a pop at that time. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. So it's Colorado and CSU tomorrow night. Uh, Buffalo's football. It's a stampede, and everyone's talking about it. Uh, when we come back, we will check in with uh, Sportsnet Ryan Leslie uh, from Calgary to talk to. Flames in their upcoming season. Also, um, Adam Surgery from uh, Sherwood Park Crusaders. And now we just booked him, uh, Ryan Rashog. So we're going to have Ryan Rashog at 1020. 
Ryan Leslie, 920. We got Sportsnet covered. We got TSN covered. Uh, we've got it all covered right here on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Welcome back to the big program, 919 in Edmonton, Sports 1440. Looking for a high of about 25 today. Smoking hot. Looking for a great weekend. Uh, get out and enjoy it. Let's uh, bring in Ryan Leslie from Sportsnet Calgary to the big program. Big R, how's she going, buddy? I'm doing great. How you doing? Oh, it's great to be back on the airwaves, man. It's just a lot yeah, of fun so congrats. far here. Yeah, thanks. Uh, we're in week number two. Uh, lots of great comments. I think people are enjoying what we're uh, bringing to them on uh, 1440. And, um, hey, the more sports, the better. Uh, too many times. We've seen it. We've seen the business, you and I, for a long time. Lots of uh, cuts. And, I mean, they're getting rid of stations and getting rid of people. But uh, I think we're building something here, and we're pretty uh, proud of it and looking forward to a, a bright future. I'm happy for you, and you're right. Uh, more sports jobs, more jobs in general, but certainly in our industry, in the sports side of things, uh, mm-hmm. happy to see it, and uh, I wish you the best of luck with it. It's a crazy landscape, crazy industry, but uh, keep it going. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, well, let's talk about your background. And before you got to doing Sportsnet and you were with the Flames, you've been doing TV in Calgary and doing all kinds of things. Uh Tell our listeners where you kind of got your start and uh, your career and how you've ended up to be where you are. You know, it's funny. I uh, I went to college uh, in Ontario at a small little school in Hamilton, and and uh, <clears throat> pardon me. And then I uh, I did an internship at Eastern Michigan, which was great. Worked in the sports information office, and so that was you know following my sort of first real love, and that was college basketball, and got to be a part of uh, some Division One. March Madness tournaments and that kind of thing. Uh, it was just great. It was great exposure, especially for a small town kid. Grew up just kind of playing the game and wanting to be a part of it. And then I kind of made my way out west and really didn't know what I was doing and didn't really know how to get into the industry. This is pre-internet, pre-everything. I didn't even have a demo tape for crying out loud. And you know, you take odd jobs and life kind of takes over. And and finally one day I had a part-time job actually at the. Uh, at the Eau Claire YMCA in Calgary, which was great, and got to meet all kinds of people, and worked with a a young woman who uh, whose stepdad uh, worked over at Shaw. And it was long story short, it was kind of funny because I'd gone through the interview process and never really heard anything, and she kept following up and then following up with him, and then one day, boom, I got a job. I guess it is the uh, who you know, and uh, I had no clue what I was doing, Kev. I didn't know what. <laughs> I was doing so I was so bad that at one point the cameraman just pulled over on I think day two and he said hey I gotta ask are you a corporate spy <laughs> and I said what he goes well you, we were told that the boss had to hire you here and you're really bad <laughs> so for the next week I just walk around pretending I was making notes on everybody and <laughs> nodding my head oh this is what you do you know and just kind of playing the role but it it was a long-winded way of saying from there I just kind of got you know you have to hurry up and you have to learn on the fly and you have to kind of um, prove yourself right away and then went from there over to global and mm-hmm. global was great because I worked for the uh, Alberta Sport, Sports Hall of Famer uh, Grant Pollock yep. who was a legend in television and, and really taught me how to not just do TV but kind of the best ways to go about it and he was great and I looked up was a mentor and he was just wonderful he had that popular show sports at 11 sports at 11 30 here yeah. it did so well and i just thought he was 
great at telling stories that needed to be told and the way to do it. So from there, uh, and that was great because that was, you know, reporting and anchoring and, and kind of learning and then, uh, and then on to Sportsnet for my first stint. Mm-hmm. And that was great all over roving all over, not just the, the province and the country, but North America and, you know, off the continent. So it was pretty cool. Lots of great assignments. And then, uh, they, it was a lockout time. I just kind of gone through some surgery and everything. And my contract was coming up to say, hey, you want to work? There's no hockey right now. And so they moved me to Alberta. Or sorry, they moved me to Toronto. Right. Couldn't be away from my little girls. So I came back out, joined the Flames, worked there for about five, which was neat because, you know, you get to see, you're part of an organization. Yes. You get to kind of see behind the curtain. Everybody thinks they know what's going on, but then you kind of get a real understanding of, oh, okay, this is how it works. And, you know, really great relationships there um, with Brad Living and yeah. company. And and then uh, the opportunity to come back to Sportsnet and be the Flames host was just too good to, to not to go for. So I've been very fortunate. Mm-hmm. The career has taken me everywhere from the Great Wall of China to being a corporate spy. It's wonderful. <laughs> and I, I can't complain. I'm very fortunate um, in a ridiculous industry yeah. to... Um, to have the opportunities I've had. It's, it's been, it's been a wild ride. Sportsnet Calgary's Ryan Leslie is our guest on the Kevin Carey show on sports 1440. Uh, also hosting the, the flames for several years, but doing all kinds of things in the broadcasting industry. Uh, you know, you mentioned the sports at 11, uh, Ryan, when I, I was, when I went to school in Calgary in the late eighties, I mean, that show, it was, it was, you had to watch it every night, you know, yeah. besides Grant, you had Mike Lonsborough, Mike Toth, Ronnie Manns, yeah. I mean, they yeah. that show competed and was better than the shows out east. It's well, that simple. Okay, so I grew up with uh, Sports at Eleven with Hebsher and Tad. Yes, um, and it was um, not as shtick, but certainly slick. And it was tight. It was fast, um, but it was different. And Sports uh, at Eleven and Sports Eleven Thirty had a lot more. You know, they were dressing up as Batman and Robin and going to the grocery store or wherever, you know, doing interviews from the hot tub or what, you know, it was ahead of its time. It was brilliant. Um, and I think still to this day, some networks are trying to mimic, uh, sports line in terms of being funny and Mm -hmm. being slick and, and having the little uh, inside jokes. I think, you know, I don't know if that's come and gone or not, but it sort of feels that way. And I just thought sports at a letter, uh, sports line, I kept, confusing but sports line yeah. i should say in toronto was just so slick and uh and so good that uh to me that was the standard hebshire and taddy at the, at the time i was coming up was was wonderful well and sports uh, at 11 did some great things yeah it was just different I, I agree and i mean you can look at guys now um and, you know guys like you know jay on and tim mccallif mm. those those guys that's what these guys were years ago like i mean you know that's how it was years ago, and I mean I think they're taking a page from the book of uh, really good broadcasters from uh, back in the day. Um, uh, let's just uh, switch gears now with Ryan Leslie from uh, Sportsnet Calgary and the Flames. Hey, did Lanny McDonald get an ace the other day in a tournament? He did, yeah. Uh, Twelve Glen Eagles Cochran oh. um, tried to call his wife a few times <laughs> to let her know she was under the assumption he was pocket or butt dialing, and and oh. so she didn't take the call. And he said, texted her and said, "Where do you want to go?" And she didn't. She didn't really know what he meant, so she just kind of, ah, the heck with this. So finally he called her again, and she's like, did you pocket dial me? And he said, no, where do you want to go? I just want a trip. So oh, I, early early uh, ideas, I guess they're going to 
uh, think about maybe going to Hawaii, maybe Europe. They don't know yet, but uh, he, I mean, could it happen to a, oh. a better guy? And he just drained it. So. Oh, man. And, you know, I just want to give a shout-out to all our listeners south in, in Red Deer. They have the Battle of Alberta every couple of years. They yeah. bring out the Flames alumni, the Oilers alumni. Um, I played in that this year. It oh, was great. a riot. And so Lanny went for like a hundred grand for, you know, people auction mm-hmm. off to play in the foursome. Louis DeBrus goes for what, 75, 80 grand. I mean, they made a pile of dough for charities in, yeah. in Southern in central Alberta. So great for everybody down there doing such a great job. So, um, yeah, they put on a wonderful show. Oh, it's amazing. It, it was, or up there, I should it's say amazing. it was, it was wonderful. It was just, yeah. uh, you know, all kinds of Oilers uh, alumni and representatives, great group over there, all kinds of Flames alumni and reps, and it was just yeah. a great day. And at the very end, we got a little bit of rain that kind of shut it down, and it kind of was like, all right, perfect. Yeah. It just kind of added to the the whole thing. It was just so much fun the night before, the day of. I got out of town just uh, after the golf. Mm-hmm. I know they they all carried on. It was pretty, uh, pretty good to see and good to hear. I get to play with Matt Stage and we had a great time and you know up against the Oilers guys sure enough we're up against some guys who are members at the Red Deer course so we got our butts handed to <laughs> it's us it's a great it was, format it was, isn't it great yeah for sure oh, um, it's a little intimidating I won't lie you get uh, up there and you got your group of four or five or whatever it was and their group of four or five I think it was five each maybe more yeah. and uh of course, I duff one right off the tee stage and just goes, "Oh my God, it's going to be one of these." Nah. But we recovered. We kept it. Uh, we kept it um, pretty close, but uh, members win, and so they should for sure. Uh, Ryan Leslie from Sportsnet Calgary is our, our guest this morning. So, Craig Conroy takes over as GM, and he he didn't really come into an easy situation. The Flames have a whole pile of key. UFAs coming up at the end of this season, so. Craig Connery's got a lot of work to do. Where does he start? Oh, well, yeah, it's been an unbelievable uh, offseason for Craig. I mean, you're thrilled to get it. And, you know, minute one, you're thrown into the fire, and here we go. So you've got all these guys entering their final year of uh, their contract. Okay, that sounds okay. Well, that's, I, mean, I think they started with seven, and they dealt to Foley. And now they've got, you know, the likes of Hannafin and Lindholm and Backlund and others. Tanev and a few more so you've got a lot of work I mean that's the core of your team and key positions and you know and then he wants to also inject youth into this lineup which I believe he will but it's been a very busy offseason getting yourself learning on the job and I don't think he was a corporate spy I think he legitimately earned it unlike me and uh, he um, he's got work to do and uh, it's continuing but I'm really curious to see how it all starts because you get off to a really great start you know, you're into, say, American Thanksgiving, maybe early December, and you're, maybe you like the position you're in. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you do then? I mean, teams come calling due to injuries or what have you, and well, we know we want a guy like Noah Hand. Well, what do you do? Yeah. Because you don't, you know, you, you want to get in. This guy's got a three-year contract, Conroy does. Murray Edwards wants to win, and rightly so. Um, they've got a good team on paper today where it sits here in September, but will it look the same come trade deadline? So what does Craig do if they get off to a great start and you've got some decisions to make? And then as you approach the deadline, you're a point or two in or a point or two out. Are you subtracting? Are you letting these guys walk for nothing after the deadline? Are you hanging on to them? Are you moving them? What message does that send? So a fascinating dynamic, like just fascinating. Mm And I mean, Craig played over a thousand games in this league. He's been an executive forever. He's 
scouted the world over. He knows the prospects. He knows his team. He has great relationships and rapport with this roster. And, uh, you know, is it a matter of can he convince these guys to re-up long-term? Does he want to? What is he willing to pay Elias Lindholm? Is it eight times eight? Is it more than that? Do you really want, given that you've got Kadri, uh, you've got uh, Uyghur, you've got Huberdo, you've got other guys signed long-term, and some of them are getting up there. Do you want to commit another eight years to Elias Lindholm? So these are fascinating questions and things that would stump most of us. Craig does have a plan. He does have some uh, some numbers and some term and some money in mind, but it's got to kind of play itself out here. I thought we might have more answers before mm-hmm. now. We don't. Um, that isn't to suggest that, uh, that Craig needed to make a knee-jerk trade for the sake of it. He got Sharon Govich out of New Jersey. That guy I think is going to be in the in the lineup opening night, and mm-hmm. I think he might stay a while, if not for good. He's youthful, and they like what he brings. <laughs> Pardon me, <clears throat> but they... Um, but they've also uh, got some decisions to make. And Craig is not being overwhelmed with generous offers, as yeah. you might imagine. The GM fraternity recognizes they've got a first-year guy. How can we exploit and take advantage of this? So he's he knows that. He's going to be patient. He's going to wait for the right deal at the right time. But it's a real balancing act. Ryan Leslie, our guest from Sportsnet Calgary on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440. Have there been some talks with Elias Lindholm? He's got to be the number one guy that they have to re-sign, is yeah. he not? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure, and there has been. Um, it's very matter-of-fact from the Lindholm camp. Um, here's the number. We know we have leverage. Call me when we get there. It has been very quiet, but there have been conversations, and now they're here, and the player's here, and you know, things get a little different when it's face-to-face. So um, I want to see how that one plays out because I'm not sure if it were me what I'd want to do with mm-hmm. that. I'm not sure how high I want to go. Is he a great two-way player at the center position where you don't have a lot of depth? Yep, sure is. But where do I want to go with that? Is he superstar? I'm not so sure. Yeah. Is he star? I think he's in that star category. And he does he so does many things, though, too, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, on the ice for yeah. sure. And off the ice, you know, he's... He's relatively easy. You don't have to worry about him. Yeah. You know, it's not an issue. Um, just go. He just brings his work boots and every day and goes to work. So I'm just not sure what I'd be comfortable with, given my situation with this roster, who I've committed to, how much dough is going where, and where I want to go, and who I might lose, and all of these different options. So, gosh, it's it's why he gets paid the big bucks. And, <laughs> We just sit and wait and talk about it, you know? Yeah, no kidding. I mean, and Noah Hannafin. So yeah. if you got, you know, so they locked up Uyghur um, for a long term, like a really long term, right? He's got what, till 29, 30, 30, 31. He's, he's in. Who's that? Um, Mackenzie Uyghur, right? So he's mm-hmm. locked up for yeah. till 30, yeah. 31. So he's at six and a quarter. So Hannafin's, he's over that, do you think, for wage, salary? durable he can skate he's a non-issue anywhere and he just you know he's reliable mm-hmm. he's got 500 games under his belt he's 26 for crying out loud like he's a workhorse he's got a frame you never have to worry about conditioning behavior anything he's just a great guy who loves the city loves craig conroy and 
mm-hmm. you know, is keeping very much keeping the door open to those conversations. The dialogue there, very healthy. And, uh, yeah, there's no, there's no issues with communication yeah. there. So does he make that kind of money? I don't know. Yeah, I think I don't he's know. over. He's a over Uyghur. Yeah, he's going to be over Uyghur. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, you know, hey, when you start doing that, you start saying, okay, well, does if player X makes this and player Y does, has all these, and he might make more, well, do you hang on to player X going forward? You know, you, all sorts of things can happen, as we know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got to move money out if, when you start bringing money yeah. in. That's just the plain basic economics with the salary cap and where, you know, the group is at and so, yeah, what does it all mean? It's the best soap opera going. We just wait and tune in every day to see where this thing takes us because every scenario you're thinking of and your, listening, your listeners are and, yeah. you know, people in this market are thinking about and talking about, it. you know, there's not like there's any secrets right now. The only secret is, is how do you solve it? And we have to play this thing out. And, you know, as I said off the top, it's a good roster as is today. But what does it look like in a month from now? What does it look like when some injuries heat up uh, around the NHL? Boy, lots I don't of, know. I yeah, don't know. Well, for sure. And, I mean, there, it always happens at the beginning of the year. You're going to have some yeah. changes to start. Uh, but, again, if you're bringing in a player, you have to move one out. So a lot yeah. of, a lot yeah, of yeah, decisions to make. Um, yeah. And it's one, you know, it's it's interesting because I know Craig, um, you know, with the Johnny Gaudreau thing, you know, didn't want to see John. They have the same agent. Didn't want to see John. Uh, walk for nothing and that's a pretty different case you know they thought they were going to get John done and and in the last minute it didn't happen um, but you don't want to lose stars for nothing yeah, for except sure. for when you're in the seat that's real easy to say when you're not in the seat when you're in it you realize just how many scenarios there are that maybe lend itself to a player walking for nothing and yeah. that's scary and uh, you got to kind of do what's best in the interest of the organization your own job and the players and you know value is it's hard to make trades as, as everybody's heard and to get the value back and to go with, get the value with where your organization's heading and with where you are in your own job and everything else it, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of layers and uh, you know I, I got a lot of confidence yeah. in Craig too I think it, you know he's got a lot of personality he's got a lot of relationships so I think that'll go a long way with trying to keep everybody happy we'll I, see I, I think flames fans do as well so this weekend is the young stars classic in penticton the oilers play the mm-hmm. flames uh tomorrow that's an eight thirty start our time uh oilers are playing winnipeg uh today is there uh a player or two that maybe you know then in the flame system that would be in penticton that um to keep an eye on this weekend yeah yeah there's two that jump off the page and one is matthew coronado first rounder from a couple years ago he is um American player who's really, um, you know, he's got great skating, great speed, um, good little player, got a little taste at the end of last year, came up. Um, he's one. And the other is this year's the first round uh, draft pick, and that's uh, Samuel Hansi, former uh, Vancouver Giant. Yeah. I shouldn't say former, but yeah, Vancouver yeah. Giant. And and, uh, and he really impressed people in the summer at the Flames development camp with, uh, with his shot and He's got great size, and, and talking to Michael Dick, his coach then in Vancouver, who's now with the Leaf system, um, he uh, he couldn't say enough great things about uh, Hanzik. So I think they're really impressed with the size, the shot, just the way he can, can step up and be noticed. And I don't know about you, but anytime you're starting to watch these prospects, um, and anytime you're starting to watch, say, junior uh, tryouts, 
in the Western Hockey League, everybody's just waiting for somebody to make a hit, make a play, do something to stand out. Heaven forbid a scrap or some snarl. Like, do something that is going to get you noticed. And uh, I think the Samuel Hanzik did enough uh, in the summer and and is starting to, to turn some heads. So, hey, it's early. I'm not in the projection game, but those are two that uh, that really, I think, are worth keeping an eye on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hey, uh, thanks for doing this, uh, Ryan. We'll probably hook up with you, I'm sure, several times over the course of the season. Enjoy a little downtime uh, in the next few days because, as you know, uh, you'll be going guns a-blazing for months and yeah. months starting next week. Well, thanks for having me. Best of luck with the show. Enjoy the outdoor game uh, yeah. when it gets going up there, too. I'm not sure if I'll be there or not, but if I am, we'll say hello. And, uh, yeah, best of luck with this show. It's uh, it's great. Yeah, always nice talking to you. Thanks a lot, Ryan. You too. Thanks. That's Ryan Leslie from uh, Sportsnet Calgary. Uh, it's going to be an interesting season for uh, Craig Conroy with all those uh, UFAs uh, pending at the end of 2024. Uh, still to come on the big program at 10 o'clock, we will talk a little Sherwood Park Crusaders hockey with the team's general manager. Then at uh, 1020, we've got Ryan Rashog from TSN, longtime broadcaster, been in the business for three or four decades. He's been around a long time. <laughs> So lots more to come on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Uh, Duke, you're killing me, man. You're killing me. The Duke of Delburn comes through again. I don't know. So you guys have a big library of music back there on the board, right? Yes, vastly expanded here in week number two okay. uh, on the air. It was a little little harder harder to find some uh, ideal music to get out here because we yeah. want to keep things uh, upbeat, energetic. Yes. And, um, you know, the, uh, the music that's playing on 1440 when we are not on the air is great. Some it easy is, yeah. listening and stuff. Yeah. Uh, doesn't necessarily get the people fired up no. all the time. If so we've expanded the library. If you want to go start blasting some, like, some real... I like... Obviously, everyone loves the tragically hip. If you want to put some hip on, let's do that. Um... We've had lots of texts coming in this morning uh, to our line at one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty, and you can uh, email me Kevin at sports fourteen forty dot ca. Haven't mentioned that for a while. I actually, I kind of lost the email, uh, the outlook on, on the computer here. Again, unbelievably tech savvy. So if you and then uh, yeah, if people had questions, how to run their computer, how to run anything technically. Just send them our send them my way, Kevin at sports1440.ca. I will help you for sure. There's no question about that. Uh, last night you were uh, at uh, CBH for Thursday Night Football, correct? Yes, sir. And this weekend, many games on the slate, some really good ones. Um, is there one game in particular that is kind of catching your eye as far as the NFL slate goes? Uh, this isn't a game that's going to be many people watching it, I think, because they're two teams that aren't very good. But I, I am a Texans fan, so I still like to keep tabs on them. Uh, they're playing the Colts. Division rival, two rookie quarterbacks, a lot of hype around them, a lot of excitement. Um, so I, I'll be, uh, I will be watching that one closely. Texans might actually have a chance to win. Which is uh, which is always nice, yeah. but uh, otherwise, yeah, I uh, I do the split screen thing. Usually have three or four games or three games mm-hmm. on uh, each morning and afternoon slate, and then red zone in one corner as well. So I like to keep tabs on everything all day long. I know you guys will be coming up with a fantasy frenzy at eleven o'clock yourself and the former Rashep Tiard, Connor Halley. Um, so I just have a fantasy question for you because you are a big Texans fan then. So I have Damian Pierce. He was a pig in the first uh, game of the season. So is he – I also have two pretty good running backs ahead of him. So he would be a flex guy for me. 
Yeah, I have him in my uh, my extra flex spot uh, in my super flex league. So two quarterbacks. Last week I only played one quarterback because mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett was up against the Niners, which looked like a, a pretty a good, good move. move in hindsight yeah. by leaving him on the bench. But uh, yeah, I, I have him right now. I'm going to play him over Jameer Gibbs in my flex spot. Damian Pierce, Ooh. that is. Um, I'm very high on Jameer Gibbs. I used a high draft pick on him, just like the Lions did uh, yeah. in real life. But I, I think the matchup with uh, with Pierce going against Indianapolis is a, a little more favorable. I'm very very high on Damian Pierce. I liked him a lot last year. Had great run of success. Unfortunately, injury derailed the rookie season mm-hmm. a little bit. But I, I think if he'd played all year, would have been a really really strong contender for uh, offensive rookie of the year last season. So here's one for you then, Duke. Uh, at flex, Damian Pierce or Nico Collins. It's a tough one, isn't it? Mm, that is a tough one because uh, Collins is looking. Uh, I was surprised in week one how much C.J. Stroud uh, went to Robert Woods, a guy mm-hmm. who's really kind of fallen off the rails the last couple of years, had a lot of hype when he went to the Rams, and then uh, injury there kept him out of the lineup when they went on to win the Super Bowl, uh, moved to Tennessee where he was supposed to be WR1. Terrible season last year. Um, fantasy speaking, his own uh, standard and statistically mm-hmm. speaking, kind of getting another chance here in, in Houston. And uh, C.J. Stroud went to him a lot in week one. So I, I was surprised by that. I think that'll cut into Nico Collins' share of targets uh, moving forward. We'll see where the trust factor lies. But if I were in your spot there, Kevin, yeah. I would be uh, I'd be going Pierce. I'm, okay. I'm a little running back uh, favored uh, just because of the, I think the, inclination of teams to use running backs more on the goal line and stuff now we saw it we saw it last night uh J- jalen hurts uh, well, two and he said he two, might, two tush pushes right yeah exactly right so on the goal line i don't think a lot of teams are, are passing the ball very yeah, much anymore exactly so taking away a lot of td opportunities for receivers uh text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. uh norm in a combine goes uh go texans um norm in a combine uh so he must is he from delburn he must be uh, must be a big Texan. Is it? Must be just Houston Texan fans in Delburn. Is that all it is, or what? There, there is one other friend of mine who's from. Uh, he's not originally from Delburn. He moved there after uh, after he was done university and has become a good friend of uh, a lot of the locals and stuff. Blake, he's a Texans fan, but Norm, I don't think is he. He must just be a Houston guy because he's also a big Astros fan. I see in mm-hmm. uh, some previous text messages. So Norm, uh, I don't know if he's maybe from Houston or he's got family from there, <laughs> but he's just a big Houston guy across the board. Um, a lot of theme songs coming in. Fuel by Metallica, Summerside Ken. Um, I like um, Enter Sandman. Oh, well, how can you not? I well, mean, why uh, don't we get that baby going? We can uh, we can dial that one up here for yeah. the last hour, I think for sure. Um, and where is it? West Virginia? They play that when they come in the stadium. Yeah, I mean that gives you chills. Yes. Like that's a that's a bucket list type place to go watch college football. We talked with uh, Brian earlier about you know yeah. the atmosphere and stuff down in Colorado right now. But yeah, whether it be uh, Rocky Top uh, and the Volunteers or or the um, or Va Tech with yeah. uh, with Ender Sandman, there's tons of incredible college football environments that I think you. You really want to go see if you're a football fan. That video that you see, um, the the stadium is shaking because yeah. everyone's jumping up and down. It yeah. almost feels unsafe. In uh, in Wisconsin, uh, the Badgers, they I don't know what time of the game they play. It might be the third quarter. They play yeah. jump around. And same thing, everybody in the stadium is doing it. And even Wisconsin, I mean, perennially ranked and never seem to be able to get out of their own way sometimes. Yeah. Uh, quarterback issues, that uh, d- rarely going to be contending for a national title again. But the fan base is still as passionate as ever yeah. down in uh, Badger country. So, yeah, when they do that, it's the same thing. You The 
floors of the stadium are shaking and you actually question if the place might uh, might hold up. Cat mm-hmm. uh, Dad wants Smooth Operator. Oh, that's a good one. Very popular on uh, on the internet right now. Smooth, uh, 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 TikTok trends. Really? That's a, that's a song that's used a lot as like a background uh, <laughs> background music for some dancing and stuff. I'm uh, not a TikTok guy myself, but I, I see them come across on Instagram. So at Vatek, uh, when we're talking about uh, the stadium moving, um, I was lucky enough to do... Um, when the Oilers were in the playoffs in 2017, um, I was down at uh, Rogers Place, so basically in Ford Hall, um, and they had so many people in there. And when David DeHarnay scored against San Jose, so we were doing live hits because it was almost it was in it was in I think it's probably about quarter after 11, so we were doing live hits into the 11 o'clock news. So. When DeHarnay scored, there were so many people in there jumping up and down that it felt like, because that, that like the, they called it like the pork chop, pork chop uh, kind of going over 104, right? Uh, like the walkway that's kind of, you know, if you've been down there, you kind of know what I'm talking about. But it was so, the place was moving so much, it felt like you had vertigo. Like you honestly thought you were going to, like the place was going to go down onto the street. Like it was heaving. Uh, and everyone was like, I, you, you ask all the people that were there, if there's anyone that was there in 2017 when David DeArnay scored, shoot us off a text because you'll, you'll, you'll agree with me. The feeling was just amazing because you felt like you were surfing. You, you didn't have control of where you were moving. But then, and it's funny because we were talked talk to Oilers staff and I think even, uh, you know, the people that built the building, they were getting um, um, calls the next day you know, about the safety of it. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, no, that's how it's supposed to be. It's There's supposed to be some give. But in, in, honestly, in 2017, it was just crazy. Uh, so Norm in a combine, he's clarifying it, that he lives here, but uh, he's Texans and Astros, but he was a big Warren Moon to, fan to start the obsession. Um, tonight, Elks Riders, what do you think? I'm excited to watch it because this is, uh, since it's a Friday night game, there isn't a lot else on my watching schedule. I should yeah. be able to sit down and watch the entire game. Because what about Jays? I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm done with them. They, uh, I, th- I think I can officially write them off. And, and that might come off as a little bit of a negative Nancy because they're not out of it by any stretch. But when you see the, the effort that they put for the past four games, it's pretty tough to, uh, to feel inspired to sit down and watch them. Um, over the course of nine innings. So uh, my time will be much better spent watching the, the Elks and Riders game tonight. Today is Roberto Clemente Day. Yes. Uh, that means, um, you know, it's a it's a massive day for, um, well, not just Latino players, but all of baseball. Uh, Roberto Clemente played for the Pittsburgh Pirates. 3,000 hits went to Nicaragua in the early 70s on an aid mission, and uh, the plane crashed. And this guy was one of the best players in baseball history, and they honor him uh, today in Major League Baseball. Now, Jose Barrios gets the ball for the Jays tonight and has talked about the emotions that he's going to have taking the hill tonight because it's a, it's a big part of, you know, um, who he is and uh, where he came from. And just the fact that, I mean... You, you, you talk to all these guys, or not? You listen to these guys in baseball, and Roberto Clemente, especially all the the Latino players that are in Major League Baseball, is one of the main reasons that they are there. Um, his 
philosophy just on life to try to help people is one of the main reasons that um, it enabled a lot of these countries. Um, he did so much relief work um, to help people in poverty. Uh, and then for him to kind of pass away, well, for him to pass away is is very tough uh, for sure. It was many years ago. Again, it's like uh, 50 years ago or so, something like that. But um, uh, very, very emotional day. I think you're going to see a good game from uh, Jose Barrios. So, okay, at the top of the hour, uh, we will check in with the Sherwood Park Crusaders. 10-20, it'll be Ryan Rashog from TSN. And then we'll uh, wrap things up uh, with the Duke at uh, 10.40. It's going to be a great weekend. I think the high of 26 is going to be exploded. I think it's going to be a little even warmer today. So looking for a great weekend in the capital region. We've got tons of football, high school football tonight, uh, tons of games uh, across the city. Um, Canada West football in Saskatchewan. Elks in Regina. It's great. Um, top of the hour. Adam Surgery, Sherwood Park Crusaders, GM. Before that, Sports 1440 update with the Duke.